welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Vacaville, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We are so glad and honored that you would join us today, and we pray that this message you're listening to is a blessing to your day. We want to invite you to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service times. We hope to see you at a service or a special event sometime soon. The book of Revelations, chapter one. One of these days, we're going to say, I'm going to say, or somebody's going to get up here and say, turn to the book of Revelations, and we're just going to explode, shout. And really, really freak them out because most people dread the book of Revelation. Amen. Uh, well, it, you know, it's, it's, it's all perspective it depends on which which team you're on brother chase now if you're not sure which team you're on that's a pretty terrifying book but if you know you're on the lord's side my god it's like reading the last chapter of the best book you ever read amen and so we're gonna go to that that book of apocalypse is really what it's literally translated to is the apocalypse in spanish it's apoca, apoca, apocalypso which means the apocalypse amen i don't want to know what the apocalypse oh but we're on the winning side of it amen let's uh Let's, let's read verse 1 of chapter 1. First five words are going to tell us what the whole book's about. How about that? That ought to put you at ease. Revelations 1 and 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's what this whole book is. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Jump down to verse number five. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Unto him that loved us. Back home they'd say washed us. Washed us in his blood. Amen. And hath made us, he didn't just wash us from our sins in his blood, but then he stepped into the creative role and made us, everybody say made us. Man, I'm going to tell you, that gets me excited. Hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. 
let it be so. Amen. Verse number seven. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they which also pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so. Amen. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Hallelujah. I love verse 7. Behold, he cometh with clouds. And every eye shall see him. And they which also, they also which pierced him. That means those that are not even believers, they are against him. We'll see. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail. They will cry out because of him. Even so, amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds. I want to preach for a little while this afternoon on this thought. Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. Would you lift your hands toward heaven? Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning, this afternoon for the revelation of your word. I thank you, Lord, because you are absolutely and definitely in control. Lord, I pray that you would open our understanding and open our eyes. Open our ears for you would shortly after this text say, to he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Lord, let us hear what the Spirit says to the church. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time before you're seated. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody shout, behold, he cometh. Shout it again, behold, he cometh. Amen, you can be seated. Amen, when we think of the end time and we begin to think of the second coming of the Lord, which, let me be very clear, we still believe in, emphatically we believe in, Amen. Uh, we oftentimes begin to think of uh, the negative that can surround it. We begin to think about the Battle of Armageddon. We begin to think about the great uh, and terrible day of the Lord. And so much so that we live in a uh, generation that there is an entire generation of Christians that know nothing of the rapture of the church, that know nothing of the details surrounding uh, the catching away of the bride. Now, I, I will say this, and I would grant you the word rapture is not in the Bible. For to want to be argumentative, that, that you, you would be correct on that. But what is in the word of the Lord is the catching away. And what is in the word of the Lord is the resurrection. Amen. And, and so we believe, we believe that one of these days, Jesus is going to split the sky. 
And he will come from the realm of the supernatural to the natural. He will transcend, amen, as if it were a ship coming through the fog and first seeing the bow, amen, and then the rest of, we will see him come first, transcending from the invisible world into the visible world, and we will physically behold him in the clouds and in the skies. We will see him as he comes to this earth riding on horses, coming with a vesture that has been dipped in blood, Revelations 19 says, with a name written upon his thigh that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And every knee will bow, Brother Chase, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. For when you see him coming in the clouds of glory. There will be no mistake in who this is. No one will point to the sky and say, it's a bird, it's a plane. Nobody's going to point upward and say, I'm not certain what that is. Grab my binoculars. When he steps out on the clouds, the entire world simultaneously will know that he is coming back. And it won't be, who is this? There will be an innate knowing within everyone, believer or unbeliever. Amen. No matter whether they are a part of a developed society or an undeveloped society, every eye shall behold him from the streets of New York City. Amen. To the Buddhist monks in Asia. Amen. To the indigenous peoples of the Amazon, to the plains of the Serengeti, to the mountains of the Rockies, to the deserts of Mexico. We will look up and everyone will see him at the same time. And everyone will know in that moment, this is him, Jesus Christ the Lord. Amen. They may have never known him before, but they will know him now. They will somehow instantaneously begin to open their mouth and speak his name, even though they may have never heard his name before. They will speak it in every tongue and every dialect. They will open their mouth and say, this is him. This is Jesus. The Jews will say Yeshua. The Spanish will say Jesus. The French will say Jesus. The English will say Jesus, we will look up and behold him in every tongue and say, that is him. And behold, he cometh with clouds. Amen. I want to encourage you this afternoon because it seems like everything is going against the church and it seems like everything is going against the people of God. And let me just set this precedent before I really jump off in this thing and say that I know that there will be great calamity in the day of the Lord, but that ain't for us. And this is why you don't want to miss the boat. You don't want to be left on the dock wondering if you've got the right ticket to get on the old ship of Zion. Baby, you want to make sure you got your ticket punched right now? Because when that old ship of Zion sails out from the port of this world, you're going to be glad that you got a seat on that thing. We used to sing, this train is bound for glory, this train. You better make sure you got your ticket. You better make, don't even worry about packing your old stinking bags. You ain't going to need that stuff anyway. Just make sure you got a white knuckled grip upon that ticket of salvation. You didn't pay for it. He did. He gave it to you. And guess what? We're all going in a first class cabin because we're going to get a new body. Hallelujah. 
This train is bound for glory and I can't wait until it pulls out the station. I can hear the captain screaming all aboard. It's time to lay aside every sin and every weight that does so easily beset us. I can hear the conductor. I can hear him say it, Sister Galen. He's screaming, behold, he cometh in the clouds. You better make sure that you're calling an election issue. All aboard, it's time to make sure that you're ready because behold he cometh this train don't carry no liars this train this train don't carry no liars no backbiters and midnight riders oh I'm talking about this train you better make sure you get on this train because there ain't another one coming and preached it many years, but I'm about to preach it again. I'm going to preach instructions for if you miss the rapture. And I want to make sure that we encapsulate that thing in stone and set it right at the front door of this church. Because if you miss the, if you miss the rapture, there's going to be, I'm going to tell you, it's going to be hell on earth for you. You don't want to miss it. Amen. Amen. He's coming. We know the great calamity that will befall the earth in that great and terrible day. Amen. There's, there, there, Jesus, Jesus, they asked his disciples and they said, um, they said to him, Master, tell us when you are coming back. And Jesus said, No man knoweth the day nor the hour. Only my Father which is in heaven this is where we get confused, and I thank God for all the uh, eschatologists that study this and all the ones that maybe obsess a little too much with this, and everybody's trying to find out who the Antichrist is and who the man of sin is. Listen, don't get caught up in all that hoopla, okay? Don't, 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 get, don't get lost in the weeds trying to find out who the Antichrist is. I can tell you who the Antichrist is. I'll tell you right now who the Antichrist is. It's pretty simple. People don't love Jesus. And when he talked about the man of sin, he wasn't talking about an individual. The word man in the Greek does not mean individual. It means man as in a group of people. And I believe the man of sin is those people who reject the truth of Jesus Christ. They may have a cross over their building but still be Antichrist. Because if you believe that Christ came not in the flesh, they are of the spirit of Antichrist. Amen. And the Bible said the spirit of the Antichrist must work, and it's working right now. And we're, we're waiting for some individual to raise up and just this one man do all these great things, and there's an element to that. But, but it's more a mass of people that are they're, they're going to be toting their Bibles, and they're going to be singing out of hymnals but they're not going to accept who Jesus really is. They want Jesus to be the middleman in a three-person Godhead, and that's not who he is. He's God manifest in the flesh. They're okay with him as the son, but they're not okay with him as God. Jesus is God. He is Lord. He is God revealed to us in flesh. Jesus is the Father. Jesus is the Son. Jesus is the Holy Ghost. You say, well, that, well, then what about the other ones? There ain't no other ones. There's only one. He's revealed to us in the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, 
I don't got time to get into it, but one of these days far toward the end of time as we can comprehend it, the sonship will end and it will absorb back into the Father. Now let that tickle your brain for a little while. Amen. But this is the kind of God that we serve. There's none beside him. There's none like unto him. When that sky splits, you're not going to see a white bearded man looking over his shoulder going, go get him, son. Not the way it goes. It's God. He's coming back. That's why there's a name written upon his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's why he wears a vesture that's dipped in blood. It, and it, it is not his blood that that vesture is dipped in. That's a big misunderstanding. The vesture that he is wearing is based upon the old and the ancient times of warfare that when a king had been slaughtered in battle, the, the king who triumphed, they would take the blood of the king that they had just defeated and they would take a patch of his blood and they would sop it onto the warring vesture of the conquering king. And so when you seen a king riding into a new country to conquer new territory, you didn't look at the size of his army, Brother Clifton. You looked at the condition of his vesture. And if his vesture only had a few spots of blood, you knew you had a chance. But if that king's blood uh, vesture looked like it had been soaked and it was covered in blood, you realize that's a powerful man and you might as well turn in your fields to this guy right now because on his vesture is the spots of kings that he He's defeated all. And the Bible said, John said, I looked up and I saw this man of war coming, riding on the horses. And I looked up on him and he had a vesture that was dipped in blood, meaning he had defeated every enemy. He had defeated every foe. He had conquered every opposition. He had overcome anything that had come up. I want you to know he's coming. And when he comes, he's not coming back as the lamb. He's coming back as the lion. He's not coming back as the serpent. He's coming back as the king. And upon his thigh shall be written a name, King of kings and Lord of lords. Behold, he cometh. Jesus said, I'll tell you, I cannot tell you the days, but I can tell you the season. I'm not going to tell you the day. You want to know why? Because Jesus knew our humanity. If he said he was coming December 25th, 2020, which I don't know why he would show up on Christmas. I'm just throwing a date out there. If he said he was coming December 25th, 2023, you know how many of us, don't act like it wouldn't be anybody in this room, would be out there doing our thing until December 24th. Robbing, stealing, lying, cheating, carousing, partying, snorting, shooting, dipping, smoking, drinking. We'd be out there going, well, I got, let's go. I, got, I got 13 more hours. Let's live it up. So Jesus said, you better watch and be ready. You better not be like the unwise that didn't keep their lamps full of oil. You better, you better keep watching and waiting. You better lift up your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help. You better realize I'm coming, in, but I'm not going. I'm going to come as a thief in the night. I'm going to come fast. I'm going to come in the hour you least expect it. I'm coming back to take you out of this world. There, matter of fact, Jesus said, "Let me tell you how it'll be. There'll be two laying in bed, want to be taken away and want to be left. Two will be working at the mill, want to be taken, want to be left. Two will be walking down the road." want to be taken and want to be left. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be left. I want to be taken. I want to be caught up. 
As a matter of fact, when Jesus comes back, I don't want anybody in my house left in my house. I want everybody in my house to lift up through the roof. I want everybody in my family to lift. Can I take it a step further? I hope that when that trumpet sounds, I hope your entire job lifts up off the ground because you've shared with them the news. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. He said, I can't tell you the day or the hour, but for no man knows that. But I can tell you the times and the seasons, and here's some things to look for. He said, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. Listen, I ain't here to depress anybody or talk about politics, but we are on the verge of a third world war right now. And you'd have to be blind as a bat in a midnight cave to not see that we are on the precipice of a third world war right now. So much so that, that in the last year and a half, anytime I travel overseas, I actually consider how am I going to get home if somebody lets a nuke off? You say, well, I think you're probably exaggerating a little bit. I don't think you realize how close we are to a great world war. The dragon China and the bear Russia are coming together like we have never seen such superpowers with this magnitude begin to align before. He said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. Now, I know our politicians get rich off the war. There's only war, one war I'm interested in, and that's the battle we're going to fight in Armageddon because we're already going to be victorious over that one. But Jesus said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. I checked it, I checked it just a few minutes ago because I want to make sure these stats were up to date. That and the Lord impressed this message on me. I wouldn't typically say this about 45 minutes ago. Right now, there are 32 known wars happening on this planet right now. That's not counting the conflicts and the border skirmishes and this tribe fighting that tribe. And We're talking about greater than the Hatfield and McCoys. There are 32 known wars that are happening right now. Jesus said, Here, here's, here's another sign you'll, you'll know you're in the season. When there are diseases in diverse places. I just checked it. As of right now, there are roughly 10,000 diseases affecting humans right now. Ten thousand. I know we focus on one the last three years, but there's ten thousand. Said there would be famine. Over just checked it. As of November 30, 2022, there are over 700 million people on the earth that are considered to be living in starvation. He said, this is how you're going to know that you're in the season. It's when you begin to see things like this take place. He said, and when you see these things, look up. When you see these things, look up. Last time I checked, Washington was to the east. Sacramento's to the northeast. That ain't up. Jesus said, when you see these things. Last time I checked, YouTube was down. 
Last time I checked, Fox News is. Last time I checked, MSNBC is. Last time I checked, every stinking politician is. Jesus said, when you see these things, look up. Not because we're afraid, not because we live in terror, not because we don't want to live another day because things are so bad. Jesus said, when you see these signs, when you see that you're in this season, he said, I want you to look up. I want you to look up because your help is coming. I want you to look up because that's when I'm coming back. I've come to preach to somebody. Behold, he cometh. Oh, somebody shout to the Lord right now. Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. The economy's bad. Probably going to get a lot worse than this too. And my deepest sympathies and apologies to every drunken sailor that's ever took shore leave. But we're politicians spending like drunken sailors on shore leaves. The dollar is collapsing. We don't even know it. Too many people believe what they read in the news. China's abandoning the dollar. Russia's abandoning the dollar. The Middle East is abandoning the dollar. And rather than strengthen it, the people we have in leadership are throwing fuel on the fire and trying to pick a fight with every country. Say, well, it's not that bad. We're not in a recession yet. Then you don't know how to read. We are in the definition of one. Pastor, don't tell me that. Huh? I'm not worried about it because I've got a promise. David said, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Brother Chase, I know where my investment is. I've invested in the kingdom. I'm going to reap reward in this life and in the life to come. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. When the economy collapsed and buckled in 2007 and 8, we stood and declared that it was not going to affect our church. That while everybody else had their car in the driveway, God was going to protect his people and we'd be able to fill up our cars. And the last I checked through that economic downturn we went through, not one member couldn't afford to fill up their gas. I'm going to say the same thing right now. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care what party is in power. I've come to declare in the name of Jesus, everything's going to be all right. Behold, he cometh with clouds. Behold, he cometh. (laughs) He's going to take care of you. He's going to take, oh, you might have to tighten up your belt from time to time, but he's going to take care of you. We have this uh, thing, and I was sharing this with our uh, Connect group on Thursday night, and uh, 
in our next episode of Pastor's Podcast in the book of Colossians. I'm, I'm talking about how Paul wrote that in, 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 in about how blessed he was and how thankful he was even in times of distress and even in times of persecution. He was so thankful and 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 I, I shared this Thursday night because I was reading and study for the podcast and the lesson we're doing on Colossians, which if, if you enjoy studious looks at scripture, you, you will enjoy the podcast we're on in the book of Colossians. And and uh, I there, there's a writing that they discovered uh, some 70, 80 years ago. Uh, it's one of the earliest. It is, as a matter of fact, it is the earliest writing that we know of that is non-biblical writing and account of the early Christian church. Amen. And it was from Romans uh, uh, that, that wrote about Christians. And, and I'm paraphrasing what this letter is that was written. It was distributed like a pamphlet, almost like a newspaper. And in it, it's, it, it was this writer who was observing Christians in the different cities that he went to and he wrote about Christians and he said, they are always happy. Boy, ain't that something compared to what we are now. We don't get the new iPhone and we look like we sucked on a lemon for two weeks. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. We don't get every little thing we want. We put a hand on a hip and say, God don't love me. This man wrote this mocking the fact that their children had just been fed to animals. And he said it's the most confusing thing because Christians are always happy no matter where you find them. He said they're always together. Everything is common among them so they are never in need. They live in horrid conditions, yet they are always singing and joyful and eager to share with you their faith. That was written at about 103 A.D., some 70, 80 years after the crucifixion of Christ. I said that to say this. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. You see, I think I just said something. That's an old song we used to sing. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. Been baptized in Jesus' name. Spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. We're a happy people. Yes, we are. Why are we happy? He's coming. Why are you so happy? He's coming. I feel like those early Christians that that Roman wrote about, they may have been living in the squalor. They may have been living on the rough side of town. But I believe those early Christians were always looking up going, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. I know we've been persecuted, but he's coming. He's coming. I mean, they were happy, happy. It wasn't like my dad, you know, telling us on vacation. Me and my brother were fighting, arguing, because he was always starting, and it was never my fault. And I'd be back there almost in tears because he was giving me noogies and wedgies and Indian burns and 
pinching and, and all this kind of stuff constantly. And every time I tell on him, every time I tell on him, I'd get in trouble. My dad's response was, hit him back, you big baby. So I did once or twice. Woke up going, dur, 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 dur. He, my, I can see my dad swerving all over the road right now. Just, If we were in the back of the truck, and this is no lie, he'd open the back. We used to ride in the back of the truck everywhere, opening the window, trying to reach out and grab us, and we're laying down looking up for a hand, just reaching back. <laughs> grab a hold of us, pull us through the window, and he would say, you're going to enjoy this vacation whether you like it or not. That's not the kind of happy I'm talking about. I'm talking about happy, happy, happy. I'm talking about joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'm talking about joy in time of trouble because I got a hope you can't even imagine. I've, oh, I've got a hope that you can't even, you can't even quantify. I got a joy that the world didn't give so the world can't take it away. I've got hope. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm looking up. Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. <laughs> All right. Now I've got to hurry up and close. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, and he says this. For we preach not ourselves. <laughs> But Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servant, for Jesus' sake. Now, I'm talking about him. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of... I'm about to read you something that most people would write a country song over and drink Jim Bean. But not the people of God. We, we, don't, we, we don't need to get high to get over this stuff. Matter of fact, we get pretty high on this stuff. And what I mean by high, it's a high that you can't buy. The old, the old preacher said, it's the high from on high. It's a high that will leave you not hung over. It's a high that your flesh will hate but your spirit gets addicted to. It's the high that when everybody else is crying and saying wars, rumors of wars, peace and safety, the people of God are going, we're happy people. For God who commanded light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of God, amen, may be of the power of God and not of us. Amen. He said, look how powerful this is. Amen. It's the power of God and it's not of us. Amen. We're going through some things down here but we're going to get through not by our own power but by his power. I'm not looking in the mirror to find a way out. I'm not looking to Wells Fargo to find a way out. I'm not looking to Wall Street to find a way out. I'm not looking to the politician residing in the White House to find a way out. I'm not looking for the governor in the mansion to find a way out. I'm not looking for a CEO to find a way out. I'm not looking for a lawyer to find a way out. I'm not looking for a doctor to find a way out. I'm not looking for a bar to drink my 
my way out. I'm not looking for a dealer to smoke my way out. I'm looking up. Behold, he cometh in clouds. And just in case you think the only reason we shout and dance is because everything's gravy and we got nice cars or nice homes or nice clothes and you think our wallet's fat and our bank account's fatter than that. I've come to tell you there's some folks in this room that are walking in hell right now, but we're not letting hell determine our joy. Here's what Paul said. He said, we are troubled on every side. Yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Behold, he cometh. Trouble on every side. But I ain't distressed. Why? Because he's there with trouble on every side. Up ain't a side. Up's a direction. He said, I'm troubled on every. But it don't matter how much trouble I got on every. I can still. Doesn't matter what prison you put Paul in, he can still look up. Doesn't matter what island you put John on, he can still look up. Doesn't matter that you crucified Peter upside down. You actually gave him the best vantage of eternity he could die with when he died upside down. Look it up. Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. Oh, I've got to hurry now. My, my timer's ticking and we got a flight to catch, but I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. So what does that mean, Sister Strickland? What does that mean? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for me as a believer? Well, Paul said it like this to the church at Thessalonica. In his first letter, he said, but I would not have you be ignorant, brethren. Concerning them which are asleep. I don't want you to be ignorant about those that have passed away. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that which we are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ
shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. He's coming in the clouds. We're going to meet him in the clouds. Behold, he cometh. Paul said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Brother Lucas, if you'll come. Comfort one another with these words. Comforting words are not, well, we vote on a new president next year. That's not the comforting words. Well, maybe I'll get a new promotion. Not the comforting word. Well, my great uncle died and he's going to leave me a ton of money. That's not comforting words. Some rich Nigerian prince emailed me with $10 million. <laughs> That's not too comforting. Brother Biggie said, more money, more problems. All you're doing is setting yourself up with problems. You think money's going to get you out of, honey, you didn't know how many relatives you had until you get money. Because my help is not coming from the account. It's coming in the clouds. Behold, he When my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, the one who kept me by his hand and leads me to that promised land. What a day. What a glorious day it's going to be. Because one day I'm going to take a trip on the good old gospel ship. I'm going far beyond skies I'm going to shout and sing until the heavens ring while I'm bidding now I know I, I can be a little bit ornery I did ask the Lord, I said, when you, when you take us up out of here, two things. One, please let me be in a cemetery having a picnic. Because I want to see them graves bust wide open. That's going to be something. To see. Now I know, so if y'all ever see pastor in the cemetery with a bucket of Popeyes, you know Jesus finna come. You better just look up right then. Because I'm saving Jesus some money because I already got Popeyes and it's going to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So I'm going to eat that chicken leg the whole way up in Jesus' name. <laughs> and then I'll have some extra biscuits because carbs won't matter over there. Everybody will be carb-free, will be carb-free over there. 
Brother Kent, no having to go to the gym to work all that stuff off. Man, I can just eat them biscuits. Woo! Hallelujah. That's a reason to look up right now. Hallelujah. I think we're one biscuit shy of revival right now. Amen. Second thing I asked God, I said, Lord, now you know I've got a bit of honoriness in my flesh. So I can understand if you ain't going to do it, I'll, I'll forgive you. We'll get over it. But I've had so many people in my life tell me that this rapture stuff is all fake. And so many professing Christians that say, it ain't going to happen. It's not in the Bible. So, Lord, if you would, when you blow that trumpet, would you lift me up off and just slow me down at about 500 feet? There's a whole bunch of people I want to go. Whole lot of people I went. I told you, 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 I told you. Now I'm going. Now I'm going. Now I'm going. He ain't going to do it. I know, but I just wanted to tell him how I feel about it. Behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. If you get bad news tomorrow, behold, he cometh. If you get good news tomorrow, it ain't going to get no gooder than he's coming. Behold, he cometh. Now, for me to say it correctly in the Greek, I can't. Say it like that. The Greek word is I, I do. I D O U. I do. I D O O. And it is an imperative parsiple, which simply means it must be said with tremendous emphasis. So in the Greek, <laughs> John would have wrote, I do. That's what I said at my wedding. <laughs> Is it French? It's adieu. See ya. He would have wrote the word, the imperative parsiple, which would mean adieu or Behold, the most literal translation of that word we have is, look. So when you read Revelations 1 and 8, it's not, behold, he cometh. It's, I'm going to say it right. Look, look, he's coming. Behold The King of Kings Behold The Lord of Lords Behold <laughs> Woo Shakarabahataya Behold Behold 
behold, he cometh. Behold, he cometh. It's like a six-year-old at the beginning of a parade. And the beginning of the parade makes its turn around the corner. And that six-year-old brother Chase has been waiting impatiently to see the big red fire truck. And he's been waiting and waiting. And they've been giving him candy and sugar. And now he's hyper. And then the red truck makes the turn to begin the parade. And the child with great excitement says, look, 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 look. That's how the church ought to be. Look, look, he's coming. Look, look. He's coming. He's coming. I wonder if there's anybody that's got a shout in your voice. That's got a dance left in your feet. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Shouting from the hills. He's I know, look, y'all already think I'm crazy. So I'm going to leave you for two weeks thinking I'm certifiable. When the British showed up, Paul Revere got on his horse and he started screaming what? We need some unashamed apostolics that'll get excited. Behold it coming. Behold it coming. Behold it coming. Sickness is about to be defeated. Behold it coming. Depression's about to be conquered. Behold it coming. Death will be swallowed up in victory. Behold he coming. He coming. He coming. That's your altar call. He's coming. 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 gonna be no job problems on that day he's coming ain't gonna be no housing problems on that day he's coming ain't gonna be no inflation on that day he's coming no more elections he's coming he's coming he's coming kids no more school he's coming adults no more work he's coming he's coming he's coming he's coming I can see it I can hear him buckling his shoes I can hear the leather of that saddle as it stretches under the weight of Jesus Christ the King. Oh, he's coming. Faster than a hoof's ever struck the ground. Faster than a wheel's ever turned on the axle. He's coming. Faster than a bullet's ever left a chamber. He's coming. Faster than lightning in the sky. He's coming. He's going to stretch that long, lean Galilean leg over the back of a steamy white stallion. The crack of his whip will billow out like 10,000 cannons. He will lift his voice and he will shout with the words of an archangel. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Behold, he's coming. 
you're going to leave here today and say we dance like the book of revelations we shouted about the apocalypse we shouted because he's coming now I want you to take we're fixing to turn this loose I want you to take everything that's bothering you right now I want you to take everything that's bothering you right now you got a job situation grab a hold of it financial problems grab a hold of it people issues grab a hold of it I want you to take everything that's bothering you come on take it now maybe y'all got little problems you do like this mine I'm using two hands because it's kind of big I want you to take them problems and when I count to three here's what I want you to do I want you to push them aside lay aside every sin in me push it aside and then instantaneously I want you to don't close your eyes I want you to throw your head up and I want you to shout look he's coming and then I want you to rejoice that the God of your salvation is on you got it you got that stress that issue that thing you're dealing with are you ready you ready to push it aside and look up to the hills from which cometh your head are you ready to look up you look down long enough you've been looking across aren't you ready one two three push it aside love is coming to comfort come on 
Now, if you got some issues and some problems, don't find somebody that ain't worshipped yet. You, you don't want to lock up with that. Find, find somebody that's got some joy. Because we're going to comfort one another. You say, pastors, are you telling me the point of all this, all this shouting and dancing? Pretty much. Pretty much. Because we're reflecting here. We used to sing the old song that said, I'm just warming up for that meeting in the sky. We're warming up here for what heaven's going to be like over there. So I want to, I want to comfort you. I believe God could heal somebody right now. Somebody get a breakthrough right now. Now that person you're holding their hand, they're going to get ready to sing again. I want you to look at them and say, "Take comfort, He's coming. Take comfort, He's coming." Come on, tell them again. Take comfort, He's coming. Take comfort, he's coming. It ain't always going to be like this. Take comfort, he's coming. Take comfort, he's coming. Trouble won't last always. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.